0: Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is the How of Car Washing, and David Begin. How's everybody doing today? Starting again in the summertime here. So we're in June. I know a few of you have hit summer a little earlier, but uh, lots of places in the country right now are not seeing their summer, but I think it's starting to get into the swing. And hopefully you're seeing your summertime volumes increase and you're washing a lot of cars. So I want to talk about this particular episode. This episode is one that Henry and I recorded for The How of Business. So we've got a sister podcast called The How of Business. If you haven't checked that out, it's a great podcast. Lots of topics about general business and Henry does a great job with that. But uh, if you wanna listen to it, it's called The How of Business. But we recorded one on partnerships. So we wanted to play that in The How of Car Washing. Uh, It's primarily geared toward owners and people that have ownership percentages in car washes. And I know a lot of you might might have that if you're a manager, you might have some ownership or might be looking for some ownership. So if you're thinking about getting into the car wash business, you are in the car wash business, you're thinking about taking on partners, you're thinking about becoming a partner, this is a great episode for you to listen to. And there's a lot of things to consider when you think about partnerships. They're um, they're as, as difficult and as challenging and as rewarding as marriages. So you know, keep that in mind as you listen to it. Henry and I kind of talk about our partnership, how it's evolved over the years and some certain things that uh, we've been in good partnerships and we've been in bad partnerships and what to look for um, when you're getting into partnerships. So go ahead and listen to this episode of partnerships recorded for the How of Business, for the How of Carwashing.
1: Welcome to the How of Carwashing the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. This is Henry Lopez, and my co-host David Begin is with me today. David, how are you?
0: I'm good, Henry. Thanks for having me.
1: I know it's been a, a few episodes since <laughs> no. we've been on together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been much on the how of business, so I appreciate the co host uh, title, but I haven't. You, you've been doing all the heavy lifting on that <laughs> podcast. So, well, thanks. we've
1: been working on it together for many years. David is the lead host, if we want to use that term, on the how of car washing. You want to chat about that? Yeah, so we,
0: we've got a specific niche market of car washing, which is professional car washing, typically tunnel car washes. So people that uh, own car washes and manage car washes and we've been talking about a lot of the same subject matters but making it more specific to car washing so it, it is more of a niche podcast it's not the massive success that Henry's enjoying <laughs> on the how of business but uh, but it is more niche but uh, it's you know it's an area of expertise we have and it's the absolute best podcast in the professional car washing world because I think it's the only podcast
1: at this <laughs> that's point. right and and your uh, listeners are called the uh, Car Wash Nation, right? How- car Wash
0: Nation, yeah. I always start my podcast with "Hello, Car Wash Nation" because I, uh, <laughs> you, 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 and I have known a, a podcaster that does that. And, uh, it always makes us chuckle. So I and I to-
1: laugh at it, but you know, I, I love the enthusiasm. Yeah, we we have to have fun while we're doing this. But the Howard Car Washing is is similar in concept to the Howard business. David focuses on very practical and applicable takeaways on how to either get started in the car washing business or a lot of the listeners are existing operators and so how to get better. So anything from managers of car washes to owners and investors, uh, there's lots of takeaways there on that show on how to operate one effectively.
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in the car wash business, stop in and have car washing. So
1: as many of you who have been listening for a while know, David is my business partner. We, we've known each other for a very long time. I, I believe 1991 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, when we first met at the place that we worked together done in Bradstreet software. And, uh, and so we want to chat. I want to revisit on this episode. This is a short topic episode on the topic of business partnerships and, and the pros and cons and, and our experiences and thoughts. I think that a lot of people that I speak to certainly as a, as a coach and work with uh, folks who are looking to start a business or expand their businesses, partnerships are common. It's, it's often uh, for all kinds of different reasons a common approach and so I want to revisit it because it's so important. Uh, We've had successful partnerships and maybe not so successful partnerships so we've got some some thoughts there. Uh, I want to start the conversation though with this concept what I've been able to get to realize over time and experience is that I'm the type of person that works better in partnership. Now, the person that I'm partnering with has to meet certain criteria and we'll talk about that in a moment but I find that I work better in partnerships. Now, it's curious because if I look back to my corporate career, I was not necessarily somebody who played well with others (laughs) and certainly maybe not necessarily worked well in teams because I had that entrepreneurial drive and I wanted to do things my way. But in the right situations, I like what a partnership gives me and we'll get into the specifics here in a moment of pros and cons but I've come to realize that I'm a person that works well or better in partnership. What's your perspective on that, David?
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I I, I do too. I like partnerships and I feel like I work better in partnerships. And a lot of that is you and I don't, I mean, may, maybe people disagree with this, but I don't think, you know, we don't have these massive egos that say that we have all the answers. We we've We've worked in teams in the corporate environment where we knew that, the, the collaboration of a team could actually come up with a better result if you had two or three or four people involved in that process and you're going to come up with something better as a group than maybe you would come with by yourself. And I think we both have that philosophy and I think that's why we both maybe work better in true partnerships. There's, it's gotta be a good partnership. You, you, you've alluded to the point where there could be good partnerships or bad partnerships. And, you know, we've had our share of both. And in good partnerships, good partners make each other better and good partners come up with better decisions at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess I said at the outset that we were, we are revisiting this. We, we talked about this way back in episode eight, three years ago. And I wanted to chat about it again, also to kind of see how our thoughts about it have evolved. But to your point back then, what you called it uh, an active partnership and that that's what you prefer when you are partnering with somebody, right?
0: Yeah, and I think you've gotta make the distinction between a person who's gonna be a partner and a person that's gonna be an investor. And these were some of the mistakes I made early on when I started partnering, is thinking that there was gonna be a partnership where in reality, you know, there were people that were more than willing to let other people do the work, and and then they took more of an investor relationship um, in that so don't don't confuse investors with partners, mm-hmm. because they, they play different roles. And, and you could have people that are going to be investors, but aren't necessarily going to be partners and you need to understand that and they need to understand that and the roles, you know, that are going to be played are going to be much different. So, you know, don't 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 make that mistake.
1: And the reason we make that mistake early on is we don't talk about these things up front. We assume things and that's where we get in trouble.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's worse, you know, partnerships are worse than a marriage. Mm -hmm. It's easier to get out of marriages than (laughs) it is partnerships a lot of times. That is true. That's true. And so, you know, you got to look at it as a marriage and you got to make sure the expectations of what's going to be done, how it's going to be done. You know, you got to make sure you're answering and asking all the right questions. Um, you know, up front so that the expectations are set properly. Yeah.
1: All Right. So you've touched on some of this uh, uh, already, but I I think when I look at it, as I was was alluding to the partnering with the right type of person, I look for three things in an active partnership, right? Again, as you've made the clear distinction, we're not talking about an investor, someone who's going to put in money and maybe a little bit of expertise, but they're not going to be involved in the day-to-day. And that's perfectly okay as long as that's what we understand up front. But in a true active partnership like what we have, first is respect. So I respect your intellect, your experience, your perspective, your points of view. That does not mean that I'm always going to agree, but I respect that. And so that has to be part of a successful relationship.
0: Right. No, I definitely agree with that. And you know, as some of that is you. You got to know what's important to you and what's not important to you, and you got to listen to perspectives. and And I, I don't want you agreeing with me all the time either, because that's if right. you're agreeing with me all the time, I've heard the expression, you know, if we're agreeing all the time, then one of us is not necessary. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so having healthy disagreements are important to partnerships because that's where different people bring different perspectives. But you got to have respect for that person that you listen to their perspective. Uh, you know, and see if they're bringing something that maybe you're not thinking about. They're, they're identifying maybe some blind spots and some things that you're not thinking about. So that's where that respect formula comes into play.
1: Absolutely, agreed. Then for me, it's trust. Uh, and trust is a tricky thing because uh, certainly it, for me and I think for most people, trust is built over time. But there are things certainly that you can do to accelerate that initially, especially if you're looking at going into partnership with someone you haven't known for a long time. And so you quickly need to get past that honeymoon phase to make sure that this is the person you want to be in business with. And we'll talk about some techniques to do that, namely, you know, making sure you talk about all of the key aspects of how this partnership will work. But as I mentioned, David and I knew each other since 1991, so we were friends before we became partners. Now, we'll talk about in a moment how everybody will tell you, I say everybody generally, will say, ooh, don't go into partnership with friends and family. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically in a moment. But for me, after respect or you know, at the same level is trust. I have to have trust in this person, my interpretation of trust before I'm gonna partner with you.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And I think some of the differences between a good partnership and a poor partnership is the partners have to look out for each other. So you not only need to be thinking about what's good for you, but you got to be thinking about what's good for the other person as well. And sometimes we'll make decisions that are not in our best interest, but are in the best interest of the other person uh, because it's just, it's just being a good partner. And, and, you know, that's, that, that doesn't always happen. I mean, no. it's, it, it's sometimes a unique, unique thing, but you know, good, good partners are looking out for each other and, you know, and, and lots of different ways. And And if you're, you're only concerned about yourself and what you're getting out of something then you know that partnership isn't is don't don't create a partnership create an investor you know investor managing partner relationship or whatever but don't don't make that person a partner that's right yeah agreed and then the third the third
1: component i added to my list here actually as you were talking about that differentiator between an investor and a partner and that is that after you've agreed that you guys understand what how you're going to work together. Everybody has to both or two or more people that are in this partnership have to put in the effort. Otherwise, what's going to happen over time is I'm going to re- lose some respect for your intellect or point of view because you haven't invested. If, if we get to a disconnect on how much in time I'm investing in learning about this particular business. And you're not doing the same. Then, when you raise an objection, I'm going to start to dismiss that, and it's it's just going to get you know to an ugly point at some point, right? It's that's we have to expect that everybody's going to put in the effort to to learn to continue to develop knowledge,
0: and that way we're able to share and help each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would agree. I think, uh, but I think everybody's perspective on that can be different. I think that's an area where you can really feel like you know that you're doing more than the other person whether that's the case or not I think it's something you you know I think that's where the high level of communication has got to come in between the partners as far as what they're doing you got to communicate what you're doing to each other here's what I did this week here's what I'm doing next week you know so so that the other person has a good idea of the level of effort that's being put in yeah and I think I think you've got to communicate that because I think it's probably easy to feel like you're doing more than the other person, whether you are or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Good clarification. All right, let's talk about high-level pros and cons. I'm going to rattle off some of my pros, and then I'll have you, and then we'll talk about some of the cons, and some of this we've touched already. But for me, some of the positives as to why I prefer typically to partner with someone that I respect and trust is that 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 help, that uh, being able to bounce things off of, of another person, that lack of the feeling of, of aloneness that can happen to us as business owners, uh, and being able to have somebody that's going on the journey with me, that to me is huge. I, I need sometimes, some days I'm gonna be down, and I'm hoping that my partner isn't down on that same day, so that I that that person helps me kind of look at things differently and and kind of change my perspective. Uh, Ideally, I can look for someone who complements my skills. Uh, And then sometimes it's about money. We'll come back to that point because I think this is where people can get themselves in trouble Is if that's the only reason you want to partner. That might be, as David has explained, where instead that should be an investor, not a partner. But those are some of the pros to me with the, the most important one being I like collaborating. I like having someone who's in the in it with me, in in and on the journey with me. So that's the big pro for me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh we underestimate how difficult it is to be a, a business owner and how lonely it can be because you know, the buck stops with you, you're having to make all the decisions and you know you get you get to these points where you feel like, man, I cannot make another decision because <laughs> I'm gonna you know i I can't I don't know what to do right now and so having that person and developing that net whether it's a network of other business owners or whether it's a partner to be able to communicate and reach out, I think is a big big part of what we need to do as as business owners and and entrepreneurs. If you don't have anybody, you gotta find somebody and partnership might not be the answer for that either. it might be just knowing another business owner that you can pick up the phone and have coffee with or have conversations with.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what I do as a business coach as well. So it's it's a great point that you need to have somebody if it's not a partner that, that helps you. Sometimes it's just to listen to something.
0: Right. Right. Agreed.
1: For me on the con side, the things that sometimes are not so great for me in a business partnership, even in ours is I am agreeing to some level of compromise and relinquishing of control. And we're both, you know, type A entrepreneurial personalities where we want to be the boss. And so sometimes that does create conflict. I think that as we'll touch and talk about and we've alluded to already, the ways that we avoid that is by having those conversations up front on this particular venture Who's going to make the ultimate decision? And you and I have been getting better and better about that. In fact, here recently about you know who who has the veto power. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's a challenge. That's that's one of the challenges for me because sometimes I just want to make all the decisions. I don't want to have to compromise or talk to anybody else. I
0: think yeah. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're, when you're working on it by yourself, you can make all the decisions. So that's the advantage. So if you're with a partner and you've got to, you know, you've got to compromise, you've got to decide what's important, what's not, and not everything's important. So decide what you're willing to fight for and what you, what you're okay with. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times we'll disagree and I'll say, well, you know, if you, if you believe strongly in that, then let's do it. You know, and, and, and I might believe strongly in the other direction. And we've had some discussions, when it comes to marketing sometimes on that, right? We, we've got very, very different philosophies on marketing, right? but, but I, you know, I said, well, if you, if that's what you believe in, let's go ahead and do it. And you know, I'm, I'm compromising. And and so you've got to be able to do those things if you're going to work in partnerships and uh, you know, yeah, it's in and, and, and it, again, it, it's okay to disagree, but you gotta have a method for determining how you solve that problem. And if it comes down to it, you might have to say, look, who who's who's the owner? Who's the majority owner here? And that goes back to to what I've always believed that you never have a 50-50 partnership. You you never set up a business that's 50-50, and I, I hear people doing that all the time.
1: Well, we've and even it, had uh, attorneys tell us that that's uh maybe a preferred model, you know. It,
0: yeah, cuz they they they've told us that, you know, at the end of the day, if you guys can't agree, it gives you the ability to to dissolve the partnership, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. Cause sometimes it gets to that point where you got to say, look, you know, okay, I'm going to veto this. I know now you, you're going to, you're going to take some flack for that, right? You're going to, the partnership is going to take some flack. If you're having to pull out the operating agreement and saying, I'm the majority owner, I'm going to make the decision here. So that's, you know, you're going to, there's going to be a cost associated with that, but you might have to get to that point in order to move the business forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I don't like 50-50 partnerships and I think, I don't think any of ours are 50-50. I got to stop and think. about of- No, no,
0: they're, they're, they're not, but I hear people doing that all the oh, time. Oh yeah, no,
1: I agree. I agree. So, And, and I, I think the reason in part, David, is, is we go into it, in like I call it the honeymoon phase. Everything's great. We can't possibly man, imagine how we would argue about anything, especially if we've known each other and we're friends or we're family. So let's, let's kind of touch on that. And so everything we, we can't imagine how we would ever disagree. But the reality is that uh, assumptions that we make now are very differently recalled a year from now. Um, And and so that's all related to the topic of who's going to have majority ownership, who's the managing partner, if you will, if that's applicable, who's going to play what role. All of these things need to be discussed and then spelled out as much as possible in what's either called an operating agreement or a partnership agreement. Those two terms are used interchangeably. But that's that legal document that you'll take to an attorney to draft, and you all sign, and it should spell out as much as possible all of these details. Um, What I consult with my clients on doing and we try to do is we start with what I I call a memo of understanding. That's just a a bullet-pointed memo or email that we exchange back and forth that starts to document all of these components, all of these terms that we are agreeing to. And it's all kinds of different things and scenarios that sometimes we don't maybe want to stop and think about like what happens if you die? Do I want to be in business with your spouse? I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Yeah. Um, do I want to have the option to buy you out if I'm the majority owner? I don't know. Yeah. Well, what would that look like? Right? In, a, in one of our agreements, you have the right to buy me out, but I would want to know upfront. front, well, how is that going to be valued? Right. Um, and so all of those things need to be talked about and spelled out as much as possible upfront.
0: Yeah, and, and you need to be in a position where you can get out. I think that would be the other suggestion I would make in a partnership is make it easy for you to get out if you need to. Yeah,
1: key takeaway. So
0: yeah, yeah, and it's not, you know, you're not married, you know, if you need to get out as a minority owner, say I need to get out, maybe you take a discount or a haircut, you know, on your valuation or whatever, but if you need to get out, you ought to be able to get out. If you're the majority owner, you need to be able to have a way to buy your partners out and maybe you end up paying for a premium to buy your partners out if you really want out uh, over a certain time. But but you need to be able to end the partnership relatively easy and it needs to be spelled out in the operating agreement because if it doesn't work, you don't want to be locked in with partners for years and decades that you can't you can't get out of.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, 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 what it'll do is it'll destroy the business and then nobody has anything and you'll have misery and lawsuits and all of that good stuff, right? Right. So the better that's clarified in the operating agreement, the better it is for everybody. And so right. to, to kind of finalize in the point of partnering with friends and family, I've done both. I've had success and maybe not so many successes sometimes, but it doesn't keep me from doing it again. And maybe I'm just blind to it. I think, again, my, my kind of defense towards it going badly is I have all of these detailed conversations up front and, and there's not much that's left unspoken about so that we don't have any misunderstandings later. And the one about spouses is a big one, David. You know, I mean, I, I may partner with someone, for example, who might be single and then they might get married and they expect, oh, now my wife is going to be involved in the business. Whoa, wait, not so fast, right? Yeah. Remember we, we have that in the operating agreement. We agreed that the operating members are these people and these are the roles that you play. It seems like it's not a problem now, but that's where I think people get themselves in trouble later.
0: Yeah, and one thing you and I did, which I think we did a good job of when we created, you know, we were created Levante, we approached it from a business standpoint and not a friendship standpoint. So as we were going through the operating agreement, we were negotiating with each other what we wanted. And the friendship was kind of set aside at that point because, you know, that operating agreement is when when we pull out of the operating agreement, things are bad, right? That's right. And and, and the friendship is probably over with. That's right. So, but we, I think we did the smart thing and really, you know, took the approach of, oh, no, we're going to be okay. We're friends, you know, (laughs) We, we didn't take that approach because, you know, I did that before and I didn't want to do that again oh, we're going to be partners, you know, we're going to be 50-50 partners or whatever. That's, you know, I've, I've made that mistake before, or we're going to stay friends or whatever. You know, when you work on that operating agreement, you do it from a business standpoint. Yeah. And, you know, because that, that when, you, when you end up at the courthouse steps and you're whipping out the operating agreement and a judge is going through that operating agreement, deciding what's going to take place, you're going to wish you would have taken a business approach to that. So take right. very, You know, set aside family, set aside friendships when you're creating that operating agreement.
1: So here's the takeaway and also the free offer for our listeners on the show notes page for this episode at thehowabusiness.com. We'll have a download, free download for my memo of understanding. This is not a legal document. This is the document that you'll work through initially with your partner or partners to agree to all over, at least discuss all of these general terms. And then when you've got it about 80, 90% complete, then you'll go to an attorney to draft the actual operating agreement or partnership agreement. But this will facilitate that conversation, this download that you can get on our website, as well as save you a little bit of money because you'll have kind of spoken through and decided on some of the principal terms so you're not wasting time with your attorney doing that. So go to thehowabusiness.com and get that download. All right. So, what that relates to that I want to start wrapping up with, David, is two things. One, we've already touched on and I think is key to a successful relationship, especially as a business partnership, and that's communication. You have to over-communicate. We've just spoken to that need to communicating up front, over-communicating up front, talking about all these different scenarios and what-ifs, but then ongoing, the communication is key.
0: Right. No, I, I agree. Yeah, you, you've you got to communicate and you got to communicate early and often, you know, and if things aren't going well, hey, I don't think this is going well. Listen to the other person. Don't take it personally. But, um, you know, you you got to work these things out, just like in a marriage. You've got to work these things out and the better you can communicate. The, the better off the partnership will be. Yeah. You and I are a good
1: example of where I live in Dallas. And David lives in Colorado Springs. And so what we do to facilitate that, and we've found that it's, that it's been negative when we don't do it, is we have a, a weekly scheduled call that we try to adhere to. And sometimes we don't have anything specific, but it's just about that routine communication that we have found very positive.
0: Yeah. And it just, it gives you a vehicle to communicate. So, you know, it's like if you're having a weekly meeting, it forces you to at least start communicating so that, you know, if you've got something to bring up, you're not having to bring it up in an odd time. You can bring it up on this regular call that goes along. So, you know, I would say that remote partnerships are more challenging than if you and I worked in the same office. So I think we'd be a lot better off if we worked in the same office together because we could have lots of smaller conversations. So, you know, we've kind of taken that other level where we're somewhat remote and there are challenges to remote partnerships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. All right, the other thing
1: is that I want to touch on lastly is, is being in alignment. And that's a challenge because uh, and the one way to look at alignment is part of that initial conversation is having a conversation about exit strategies. What is your exit strategy? What is mine? It's amazing to me how often just even initially I may have a very different vision. My vision might be, uh, let's go build a chain of 20 car wash locations and yours might be, oh, no, 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 I, I was looking at this at you know three years and I'm out. Um, yeah. If you don't have those conversations early and then often you're gonna get out of alignment, that might happen anyway, but being in alignment is critical to making sure you're still gonna be effectively working together in a partnership.
0: Yeah, and I, I think maybe that's where that annual conversation comes into play because one thing I found is sometimes your your priorities will change. And our partnership has morphed over the years, you know, and, and has gone from maybe we thought it was one thing to maybe what it ended up being. And so those those conversations, you know, things can change in a partnership, and I think you need to be prepared for that. Um, that one person might have, um, you know, might have interest in doing a lot of different things, but then decide, okay, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. I'm interested in doing this or whatever. So, you know, there, there are seasons in partnerships, just, just, just like in anything else.
1: Yeah. Agreed. And again, if you've got a strong partnership or operating agreement, it should allow for some of those changes, some of that flexibility and what happens now so that it doesn't kill the business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you get to the point where you say, well, there's no longer a need for us to be partners. That's okay too. That's That's not the end of the world if you decide, Hey, the, the partnership has ran its course, you know, we've gotten our benefit, but we're going off in different directions. Um, and if you say there, there's no longer a need for us to be partners, then, then that's okay. That's okay. Don't, don't think that these things are going to last forever because they typically don't. That's right.
1: All right. Wrap it up here in summarizing my, my key takeaway. And then I'll ask you for yours. It, it, to me, it's, it's the thing we've talked about the most here. In any partnership, if you're considering going into a partnership, and, and again, as I said at the outset, there's that's often a common way to get started in business, in particular. And the car wash business is very common. Often, it's because we're we're we uh, you know partnering for resources, for capital, or or expertise, or whatever it might be. So it's it's very common across all industries. For me, the number one thing is that upfront communication before we start the business to make sure that we've hashed through all of these different scenarios, we're looking beyond the honeymoon phase, we're thinking about our exit strategies, make sure we're in alignment there, and then that we have a good comprehensive operating or partnership agreement that covers that and gives us the flexibility that we need to make sure that if somebody does need to get out, they can, or if we have a change in direction, we can do that. And we're clear as much as possible. We can't predict everything, but there are a lot of major areas. And again, your attorney can help you with this, as well as the, the memo of understanding that you can download from the website can help you getting started on this. But for me, the key takeaway is that, that conversation, those conversations, plural, and sometimes they're going to get tense or heated. That's okay. In fact, I would say if you don't get uncomfortable, you're not talking about everything. Right. That has to happen up front. What's your key takeaway here on this conversation?
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think so many people go into partnerships in a honeymoon, you know, attitude. And I think that's very dangerous. So, you know, you need to take a real hard, you, you might get some help with that. That's something Henry can help with, for example, if you need help with that, if you're considering partnerships. But, you know, you got to go into it with a very clear mind, you know, what what's why are we going into partnership together? What's the advantages of the partnership? Um, why, why can't I just do this myself? Those are questions you got to ask yourself. Um, you know, be really hard at the beginning. So, you know, get through that operating agreement like it's a business arrangement. Take, take all the emotion and all the personalities out of it. And then realize that somewhere down the line, that partnership might morph into something different or change. So be, be, be ready for that because that, that's a very real possibility. Agreed.
1: Wonderful. David, thanks for joining me for this
0: episode. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm going to use this in the How of car Washing, if I may.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. I think it's, it applies to any business uh, where you're contemplating either starting your first business in a partnership or growing through partnership is often a, a common thing as well. Good. So thanks for listening to this episode of the How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My co-host is David Begin. And
0: thanks for listening. If you're listening on the How of car Washing,
1: That's right. Thanks. And so the two websites, depending on where you're listening, are thehowofbusiness.com or thehowofcarwashing.com. We release new episodes on a weekly basis. You can find us at our websites. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, just about anywhere that you might listen to a podcast. Just search for The How of Business or The How of Carwashing. Thanks for listening.